0: Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Fierce. Pickery shit. No! This is why I say such a young guy, baby! Crazy, we go. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, how are we doing, how are we doing, and welcome to episode number 25 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and Boston Celtics' favorite season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine, at Banner Banter 18, or on Facebook and Instagram, at Banner Banter Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Podbean, you name it, we're on it. How's everyone doing? Let's get right into it. The Celtics are currently 28 and 18, 10 games above 500. Not too shabby. Currently on a three-game winning streak after beating the Raptors, Grizzlies, and Hawks last week. Tonight they play the Miami Heat, six o'clock, TD Garden on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Great day for the NBA. And then the rest of the week they got the Cavs and the Warriors. The Warriors. It's a get... huge game. Huge game, but let's break down some things right now. The Celtics are currently one and a half games behind the Philadelphia 76ers for the fourth seed. They actually gained one and a half games on the 76ers in a 24-hour span, so pretty cool. Hopefully, the Celtics can keep playing the way that they are. The Philadelphia 76ers are playing a lot of tough teams coming up, so hopefully we can make some traction You know, when we got games against the Cavs, the Knicks, the Cavs again, the Hornets. Hopefully... Those type of games, the Celtics can actually win comfortably instead of stressing us all out, and that will be super important. And then they're three games behind the Pacers for third, and then six games behind the Bucks and the Raptors. I don't think the Celtics are catching up with the Bucks or the Raptors in any way, shape, or form. All right, current draft pick situation. I know I've been mentioning a lot how you know, hey, the Grizzlies are losing, that's good, and the Kings are losing, that's good. And, mm, not really. So as of right now, if the Grizzlies keep losing, the Celtics are going to lose a draft pick because the Grizzlies draft pick this year is top eight protected, which basically means, for those of you at home that have no idea what I'm talking about, but you're just listening because you care, so thank you. If the Grizzlies pick falls between picks number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight, it goes to the Grizzlies. If the pick falls from nine or after it goes to the Celtics. So hopefully the Grizzlies can start winning some basketball games. That'd be great. Now, next year, that Grizzlies pick is top six protected. So as long as it's not one through six next year, that's fine, which actually might help out the Celtics, maybe one less player on the roster. They can decide what they want to do with free agents and then realize the Grizzlies, if they do get rid of someone like Marcus or Mike Conley, maybe they'll end up getting you know, a top 10 pick next year, then it's unprotected in 2021. So will the Celtics want to wait that long? I don't know. But unprotected, if the Grizzlies suck for the next couple years, we could get a, a top draft pick in 2021. The Kings pick, right now, that doesn't matter. So hopefully the Kings keep losing, 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 because no matter where the Kings are, we get their pick, and currently it's 13th. So cool there. And then the Clippers pick It's complicated. It's really not favorable for the Celtics. So the Clippers pick right now is top 14 protected this year and next year. Okay, so if the Clippers finish 15th this year or or this year, we get the pick. If they finish, like, let's say 12th, and then next year they finish 15th, we get it. But if this year or next year, if it doesn't finish in our favor, it then turns into a 2022 second round draft pick so the Clippers you're basically kind of cheering for the Clippers to make the playoffs so keep an eye on that 7-8 seed down in the Western Conference that's very very important now speaking about draft picks obviously we have to talk about rumors Bradley Beal there are some rumors going around that Bradley Beal is a trade possibility for the Boston Celtics would I love Bradley Beal on this team yes I am I a closet Bradley Beal fan, absolutely. I think Bradley Beal, I'm not comparing him to Ray Allen in any way, shape, or form, but he's that Ray Allen type player. He can shoot the ball very well. He can attack the basket. He can play some pretty reasonable defense. Now, the trade rumor is something I am, it's just ugly. I'm I'm not attracted to it in any way, shape, or form. Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines, and one of our first round draft picks this year. That's a lot. But you also get Bradley Beal this year and next year. Do the Celtics need to make a big move like that? I don't think so. Do they need to make like a little move? Yeah. Do I know what that is yet? No, not really because I haven't really been focusing on it because I'm, I'm focusing on the fact that this team is playing better and better at times, and I really think once they can be consistent, they'll be good. And I think a perfect example of that was in the Raptors game, which we'll get into, where they only used nine guys. Not using 13 guys a night, because in the playoffs, you're going to be using nine guys. Kyrie's going to be playing 37, 38 minutes a night. Same with Horford, hopefully. Tatum's going to be playing a lot more. You know, you're not going to need to realize, oh, hey, it's the first night of a back-to-back. Tatum can only play 30 minutes. That's not going to be happening in the playoffs. So, I don't know what they need to do, but to give up, I mean, if Tatum gets hurt, let's just say for whatever reason, and then you were to give up Jalen Brown and Marcus Morris, you don't have a... a stretch four you don't have a a a big three like it I don't like it but if probably you know if they want to give up like Jalen Baines in a first round pick okay all right I see you because obviously Baines has an expiring contract Jalen Brown has an expiring contract so for a team like the Wizards that's trying to rebuild that makes a lot of sense and of course they'll take a first round draft pick I mean what team that's most likely going to be rebuilding wouldn't take that first round draft pick but yeah that's my thoughts on the Bradley Beal rumors let's preview the three games this week we'll just get right into this week and then we'll recap everything last week because there was a lot going on last week whether it was with on the court stuff off the court stuff drama calling Braun, Braun, you know whatever the case may be but yeah we'll get into that in a bit but first off six o'clock tonight TD Garden Miami Heat Come to town. Obviously, the last time the Celtics played the Heat, they played like absolute horse malarkey down in Miami on the second night of a back-to-back after destroying the Pacers the night before. Obviously, you got to hope the Celtics have a better performance than they did last time. Obviously, it's not a back-to-back. That's good. Celtics did get a flight delayed. They were supposed to fly back after their game against Atlanta the other night. They couldn't because of the storm. Hopefully, they were able to get out late last night and got a good night's sleep and can show up to the arena about 90 minutes earlier than what they're used to. A a lot of questions for this game. You know, can D. Wade, you know, everyone who's voting him to be an all-star this year, can D. Wade play like he did against the Celtics the other night? 19 points off the bench. Obviously, Terry Rozier or Jalen Brown have to do a much better job defending him. Justice Winslow, you know, I've said it before, I'm a Duke guy. Justin Winslow was part of that national championship team a few years ago. I never thought in a million years he'd be playing point guard in the NBA in any way, shape, or form. I thought he'd be like a Marcus Smart type player. You know, Sure, he could run an offense a little bit, but he's more of a good defending wing, and he's killing it at the point guard position now that Drogic's out. They asked him to step up his game down in Miami, and he did so, and maybe that was because of Danny Craig. Danny Craig is one of the assistant coaches down in Miami Heat. I grew up watching Danny Craig play basketball at Chelmsford High. He was unbelievable. He was a great point guard. He was so good. So it'll be very, very interesting. But as of late, you know, the Heat, ever since they beat the Celtics, they really haven't been playing that well. They lost to the Bucs by 38 points. 38 points. And then they also lost to the Pistons, too, as of late. So... If the heat want to play a bad game, they are, they definitely have the potential to do that, and hopefully the Celtics can play well again at home. They have not lost at home in 2019, so knock on wood there. so hopefully they can do that. Then Wednesday night, 7:30 p.m. the Cleveland Cavaliers come to town. The Cleveland Cavaliers have only won one game since December 18th. one game in one month. okay? today it's the 21st, one game, one game. That's incredible. That shows how bad they are. Now, if the Celtics do not win this game, just blow it up. See ya. I'm all set. These are the type of games that if you're trying to get home court advantage in the first round, possibly even the second round, you cannot lose these type of games. You cannot be down 15 points to the Cleveland Cavaliers because you decide to give up 40 points in the first quarter to them. No, no, no. Now, Jordan Clarkson playing some great basketball as of late. He's scoring the ball very well. Same with Rodney Hood. I fully believe we can all agree that people like Jalen Brown and Marcus Morris and Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward are better than Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarkson. I, I, I think we can all agree about that, right? Great. Now, the crazy part about this—if I remember correctly—the crazy part of about this one win that the Cavs do have—it was against the Lakers <laughs> in LA. <laughs> That's hilarious, right? Because suffer Lakers suffer. Because I hate the Lakers so much. All right. Let's just, guys, Saturday night, ABC, primetime NBA game, 8.30 start. 8.30 start for an NBA game. Can you believe that? This game's not going to get over till like, midnight with the way the last couple Celtics-Warriors games have gone. TD Garden, 8.30, Warriors-Celtics. It's going to be, hopefully, another classic. The last couple games at TD Garden against the Warriors have been bananas. I don't want to say NBA final type atmosphere, but it's been pretty damn close for every single one of those games. You know, you, you had the Isaiah Thomas overtime performance a couple of years ago, the crazy comeback last year, just crazy. You got Kyrie versus Steph. Steph Curry is so good. Kyrie, so good. The two of them going back and forth to those NBA finals year after year was crazy. They both respect each other. They're both going to give 110%. It's going to be awesome. But the scary part is Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, he is returned. DeMarcus Cousins is so good. Celtics, play, Celtics fans, Celtics players, I'm sure Celtics coaches and Celtics executives would love DeMarcus Cousins on this team. He obviously signed that extremely cheap deal to come back to play for the Warriors after his Achilles injury. He's officially back. He played against the Clippers the other night. He looked pretty good. You know, the opening play of the game, pick and roll with Kevin Durant, wide open for a dunk. Just absolutely crazy. The Warriors have won seven straight games. The the Warriors are officially clicking on all all cylinders. They had to play the Nuggets last week or the week before, who is currently the number one seed in the West based on record at the time. And they absolutely blew them out of the water. Blew them out of the water. Crazy. Now, one thing that I'm kind of interested in is Kevin Durant. Are people still mad at Kevin Durant because he didn't sign with the Celtics? I mean, I'm over it. It took a bit, I'm not going to lie. I'll never forget it. I was at my mother's 4th of July cookout in the backyard sitting next to my cousin Jonathan, and we were just sitting there and we found out and I was heartbroken. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was the right move for Kevin Durant to make if he wanted to go win a ring right away. But yeah, I'm over it. No, I promise you I'm over it. We've all moved on. But are Celt- have Celtics fans moved on? Seriously, have you moved on? I mean, if you're a diehard like me, I hope that you have. If you're still just bitter for Kevin Durant being Kevin Durant, that's fine too. But I'm over it. We're cool. Let's let's move on. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, I, I think it's great that the NBA set this up. So the Warriors aren't on the second night of a back-to-back. They're playing the Wizards down in D.C. on the 24th. So the Celtics will be on two days of rest. Warriors will have one day of rest. I love it. Celtics obviously play their best basketball at home. The Warriors don't care where they play. They could literally play in the most random place in the world and probably destroy you. But it's going to be a great game. I'm really excited. But this is really important to me, okay? Jonas Jarepko is coming back. And there better be a Jonas Jarepko tribute video. Jarepko's for everyone, okay? Jonas Jerepko deserves a tribute video. I love Jonas Jarepko when he was here. I would take a bullet for Jonas Jarepko to come back. Love Jonas Jarepko. And he's doing some great things for the Warriors. So if the Celtics don't win the NBA Finals this year, then guess who better win? Jonas Jarepko. He better win the NBA Finals. Love Jonas Jarepko. He's so great. So, so great. I'd loved. Watching Jonas Jerep go play for the Celtics, that like awkward three that he would shoot sometimes. It was it's an awkward jump shot, but it worked. Jerep goes for everyone. Shout out to Jonas Jerep He might even be my stud this week. But anyways, let's move on. All right, you know what? Actually, it's talking about the stud and dud of the week, let's just get into that right now. Let's go. And now it is time for the Celtics stud <laughs> and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, this week's Celtic stud and dud of the week, it's going to surprise you. It, it really and truly is. The stud this week is Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is shooting the ball so well as of late. I just have to give the guy a shout out because one of the many reasons I have just been so frustrated and angry at Marcus Morris, I mean Marcus Smart, is he can't shoot. He really can't. He can't shoot the basketball very well. He can defend. He can make all the crazy plays. You know, he can pick up two ridiculous offensive foul calls on James Harden with like 10 seconds left last year. You know, all those crazy things that you love Marcus Smart about. His shooting always bothered me, and his shooting has been absolutely unbelievable, and I'm going to break it all down for you. We're going to talk about the Grizzlies game in a little bit, but he was 6 of 8 from 3. Friday night versus the Grizzlies. And he became the 10th NBA player this season to score 20 points with one or zero field goals attempted and third with less than 10 field goals attempted. So let me break that down for you, okay? Marcus Smart took nine shots the other night, okay? Six of them went in for three. He took a total of eight. He then only took one other shot field goal inside the three-point line so he's the 10th nba player this season to literally take basically one field goal attempt that wasn't a three-pointer and still score 20 points that's crazy and then he became the third player this year with less than 10 field goal attempts to score 20 points i would never in a million years think that i would say that about marcus smart ever And then let's talk about his shooting percentages, okay, throughout his career. His three point percentages, his first year, 33, then 25, then 28, then 30, and then 37. So he's literally having his best shooting from the three point land, or (laughs) three point land, from the three point line in his entire career. Literally seven percentage points better. Now, let's hope what I'm saying right now doesn't jinx him and he still shoots confidently and still shoots well. His two point field goal percentages during his career, 41, 42, 42, 42, 48. That's a huge jump. I mean, very consistent, but a huge jump. Huge jump. 48% on his field goal attempts. Two-point field goal attempts, that is. Six percentage points better. So seven percentage points better from last year, from three. Inside the arc, six percentage points better. And since the start of the new year, since 2013, he has hit... 48% 48% of his three-point attempts. What? 48% of... What? That's insane. He's hitting like half of his three-pointers, and we're what? Uh, 2, 4, six, like 10 games into... 10, 12 games? No, uh, I think it's... uh, Yeah, 10 games into 2019. This dude is shooting 48%. New year, new you. Do you, Marcus Smart? Do you. Now, the dud this week, it hurts a little bit to say this, because he has been absolutely banana lands. His performance against the Raptors, 27 and 18. His performance against the Grizzlies by dropping 38. His performance against the Hawks by dropping 32. You figured Kyrie Irving would, would be the stud this week, but he's not. He's the dud. Okay. I understand that Kyrie Irving's a weird dude. World is flat. Doesn't really know if dinosaurs existed. Go listen to the JJ Reddick podcast from last year. He's a weird dude. He's a smart dude. I mean, the packaging for all of his Nike sneakers and all of the styles and everything have are unbelievable. You could say that out, outside of, like, Jordan retro sneakers coming back, Kyrie has the best sneaker game right now. You really could. Like, the guy's making tennis shoes. It's crazy. I am sick of Kyrie talking about leadership. You know, you you look at the New England Patriots. Tom Brady... They're going to their ninth, ninth, ninth Super Bowl. Think about that. Tom Brady as a leader is simple. Nut up. Shut up. Instead of calling LeBron James, call Tom Brady on how to be a leader. Now, if Kyrie felt some remorse and had to call LeBron to apologize for the way that he acted as a kid, fine. I don't care. Don't tell us about it. Don't tell the media about it. I'm over it. I'm over you calling out your teammates. I'm over you saying, oh, I need to be a better leader, this, that, and the other. Just shut your mouth and lead this team inside the locker room. Answer questions normally, and we'll be fine. Because when you call out people in the media, people take it personally, especially the young guys, that you're calling out for being inexperienced. So they're, if they're inexperienced in the games, I'm pretty sure they're inexperienced with someone calling them out through the media like you've done. So congratulations for calling LeBron. I hope you feel better about it. I Here's the thing. I really don't care that he like called LeBron. Like they're friends. They've been teammates forever. They won an NBA championship together, okay? I, I don't hate LeBron. I'm over the hate of LeBron. LeBron is one of if not the greatest basketball player of all time. Okay. I still think Jordan is, we can get into that debate at a later date and a later time, but LeBron is either one a or one B. So if you want to call him, apologize for the fact that you were Dick in plain English when you were on the calves. Fine. I don't need to hear about it. I really don't. Terry doesn't need to hear about it. Jalen doesn't need to hear about it. Brad Wanamaker doesn't need to hear about it. Nothing. And I know I, I know Kyrie wants to stay here, okay? Because that reaction with that Fu three that he hit in front of Kawhi Leonard in that Raptors game, and his reaction reminded me of KG. Almost brought a tear to my eye because it was that crazy. But, dude, just shut up to the media. Call Tom Brady. Take some notes from him. Tom Brady loves helping out Boston athletes. Just literally be generic. Answer the questions. We don't need your deep thoughts. Einstein whatever the hell you want to call yourself okay we don't need it just shut up seriously just shut the hell up to the media about being a leader okay please but with that being said I do have to say that his 35 or his 38 and 11 night the other night against the Grizzlies was the first time someone did that in a Celtics uniform in one season since 1989-1990, uh, Larry Bird did that. He did that five times in one season. But whatever. Who cares about that? Kyrie, just keep, keep leading on the court, in the locker room, and not to the media. That's all that I ask. All that I ask. Speaking about Kyrie Irving and Marcus Smart. This past Monday, the Celtics had neither of those players, and they lost to the Brooklyn Nets 109-102. to The Celtics were down 25 points at one point. And it was really bad. They allowed 44 points to the Brooklyn Nets. And I've said it, you know, everyone's like, oh, the Brooklyn Nets suck. The Brooklyn Nets do not suck. Okay, they're pretty good. I think they're the fifth seed or the sixth seed right now. I'm sorry, the sixth seed since the Celtics are the fifth seed. Like, the Nets aren't bad. But to give up 44 points to the Brooklyn Nets and let D'Angelo Russell go off, that's terrible. In ba- I almost shut off the game. And I never shut off Celtics games, no matter what's going on. I it it was unbelievable. I understand the Celtics suck on the road this year, which is crazy because they only lost thirteen games on the road last year, and they've already lost thirteen games on the road this season. So that needs to be figured out real quick. Especially if the, you know that just shows that home court advantage is even more important than what, than what we think it is. So that needs to change super quick. They need to figure out their road troubles right away, and it doesn't start with beating the Hawks on the road the other day, because the Hawks Hawks really aren't that good. Marcus Morris in this Nets game was terrible. Worst game of of the season, he was 3 of 11 from the field, a minus 15. Hopefully, his cold streak doesn't start now. Hopefully, his cold streak never starts happening, because Marcus Morris is an all-star, okay? So, if he has a couple bad games, I'm fine with it. People have a couple bad games, but that very good shooting that he had, though almost 50-40-90. That needs to come back ASAP. Terry Rozier, he started for Kyrie Irving in this game. He was 3 of 12 from the field. He just sucked. Brad Stevens actually called a timeout 29 seconds into the into this basketball game due to terrible defense and a turnover by Terry Rozier. It was unbelievable. I, I've i never seen an... It was crazy. I've never seen a angry Brad timeout that quick in an NBA game ever before. Speaking of that, because Terry Rozier played bad, Brad Wanamaker came in and actually played well again. 13 points. I, I loved it. I love Brad Wanamaker. Brad Wanamaker deserves more time on this team, especially if Terry stinks. If Brad gets a feeling that Terry's going to suck in a game, put Brad Wanamaker in. With that being said, Brad Wanamaker was taking some shots where I was like, okay, Brad, we get it, bud. You know, you're feeling yourself. Stop. Just stop. Just stop doing it. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. One of the great parts about this game that I think we all really need to focus on and I don't think it was talked about enough is Jason Tatum was unbelievable. He scored his career high, 34 points. And he finally had the game where he was like, give me the ball, I'm going to take over the game. And the Celtics actually went, outscored the Nets 36-19 to in the fourth quarter. And it was all because of Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown played, very, you know, was pretty aggressive in this game and played pretty decent. But Jason Tatum... Was so aggressive. Led the team. It was great. I loved it. I was so happy to see him score 34. Kind of get that confidence that he can be that number one scorer when Kyrie's on on the floor. Because Jason Tatum needs to be our number two and needs to be a number two really well. So I was really pumped to see that. Let's get into the Raptors game real quick. The Raptors game was crazy. I would say the second best home game of the season. I still think the Philadelphia 76ers game on Christmas was the best one. It went in overtime. It was absolutely crazy. But again, the Celtics defense is bipolar, and I just need a good defensive game from the Celtics for all four quarters, preferably Saturday night against the Golden State Warriors. Probably not going to be the case, which, you know, which is, which makes me very nervous. I mean, you're going to give up 44 points to the Brooklyn nets. You're going to give up. I think they allowed 38 points to the Grizzlies the other night. And then, you know, the, the Raptors are a pretty good offensive team. So to give up 36 is crazy, but can like, um, didn't the Warriors score like 50 points in the first quarter of the other night against the Clippers? Like the all this get blown out of the water just like right away or in the third quarter or in the fourth, like, I need a full consistent defensive game from the Boston Celtics on Saturday night and probably for the rest of the season, but what we we can do Saturday night, sure. They allowed thirty-six points in the first quarter to the Raptors, and then only seventeen in the second. That makes no sense. It doesn't. Sure, if you divide it out and, you know, divide it by two, carry the one, all that stuff, it's like twenty six points, which is great. But why thirty-six and then why seventeen? Absolutely crazy. But the Celtics were so good in this game in so many aspects. 32 assists, 49 rebounds. They shot 50% from the field, 46% from three-point range. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I think one of the, the good parts about the game is Kyrie did Kyrie. You know, Kyrie basically looked at Brad and said, throw your clipboard out the window. I got this. Okay? Finished with 27 points, 18 assists. 18 assists for Kyrie Irving. Crazy. But seven turnovers. Do you live with that? Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'll be okay with that. I mean, if it was five, I'd probably feel a little bit better because seven turnovers is a lot, especially against a very good defensive team and a very good team in the Toronto Raptors. But he took so many big shots, and it was great to see, but there were times where the I feel like the other four players on the court for the Celtics were just in awe by it and just stood there and watched rather than letting Kyrie create I I understand 18 assists, but in that fourth quarter with about four minutes to go, it was just basically Kyrie versus Kawhi. And let me just talk about Kawhi Leonard real quick. Holy shit, is he good? Like I like every single time he touched the ball, I was like, fuck. We're we're gonna lose. Like, (laughs) he's so good. His hands are ginormous. He's such a good player defensively. He can rebound the ball well. He can find his open teammates. He, the mid-range game, That he's so good. Kawhi Leonard is so, so good. And speaking of people that were so, so good, Gordon Hayward, very good. Another big game, 18 points out of him. And I know a lot of people are down on Gordon Hayward. They don't like the fact that there might be some nights where he's two of nine from the field. But listen to this little stat that I found. And you so you can take that and shove it, okay? Gordon Hayward's usage rate, basically how many times he touches the ball, how often the Celtics use him to shoot, score, assist, all that. If it's over 20%, the Celtics are eleven and three. It was only 10% in that Nets game, so that's when I started kind of like looking it up. when Gordon Hayward's usage rate is over 20%. So even though he's missing shots, as long as he's involved, the Celtics are very good. Keep that in mind. This was also Aaron Baines' first game back. Aaron Baines really showed why he's important to this team. He's great defensively. He can give Al Horford that extra rest. And the way these guys come off of screens, we'll talk about that in a bit, but it was crazy. Aaron Baynes coming back helped Al Horford so much. He had 24 and 7 versus Ibaka, and he usually struggles versus Ibaka. Think about the second game of the season up in Toronto. Ibaka destroyed Al Horford, and Al Horford was healthy at the time. He wasn't on a minute restriction. Al Horford actually played a lot of minutes in this game. The most minutes I I think he's I think this was the most minutes he played all season. So that was great to see. And I know I mentioned Gordon Hayward showing up, but I also got to give a shout out to Terry and Jalen Brown. Those guys were a plus 10, a plus 8, and Baines was a plus 7. And like I mentioned earlier, this was the first time, you know, Tice didn't come in, Wanamaker, Time Lord, uh, Ojele, Like, those guys didn't play. This was like a playoff game type rotation, and it showed that those nine guys can play together and they can beat some of the best of the best. Now, with that being said, Memphis Grizzlies game was a game that the Celtics should have won by a gazillion points, They only won by six, and it was frustrating, but it was good to see them kind of grind out a win. You know, they... Again, another crappy, crappy quarter defensively. 38 points to the Grizzlies. 38 points to the Memphis Grizzlies in the second quarter. The Celtics were down by four going into halftime, and they were up 11 after the first quarter. That's terrible. Like, I... It really is all about effort with this team. And it's so crazy to think about that it's all about effort. That's all it is. This team can just put in some effort. They'll be fine. But they got to do it consistently for 48 minutes. It was absolutely crazy. Now, Kyrie, crazy game. 38 points. But 20 of those points were in the third quarter. So if it wasn't for Kyrie just saying, guys, I got this. Like, this is what the Celtics were missing last year. Some guy to be like, okay. No one can score but me right now. I got this, and that was very important for them. Aaron Baines again, plus twenty-one. So literally, in those his first two games that he's back, Aaron Baines was a plus twenty-eight. That that's important, I would say. I mean, Marcus Smart was a plus twenty-three in this game, but then again, that's also because he shot six of eight from three and was absolutely crazy. But let's talk about Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines defensively is important. Aaron Baines, again, I wish he could jump a little bit higher. He can jump higher than Al Horford, so I guess that's good. But Aaron Baines defensively is just a defensive presence. Got you know, Aaron Baines is so much tougher than Al Horford. I know Al Horford's a big dude, but like, if you're going to be a guard and you're going to go full speed at the basket, who would you rather run into, Al Horford or Aaron Baines? The answer is Al Horford. So Aaron Baines gives them that defensive presence and – Aaron Baines sets great screens. Terry Rogier is a 1,000% more confident coming off of a screen off Aaron Baines than he is Tice or Horford, and you can see it. Jalen Brown comes off of a curl off of a screen from Aaron Baines, 1,000 times more confident and most likely a 1,000 times more open, and he can be more aggressive and attack the rim, which is why I believe, was it the Hawks game? Yeah, no, the Hawks game, he was... Jalen was so aggressive in that game. He was 6 of 8 from the line because he, he had the open lane to attack because Daniel Tice just doesn't set good screens. Aaron Baines does, and that was great. And it also helps Kyrie too. I mean, if Baines and, Horf- uh, Baines and Morris are on the floor, you can run that double screen at the top of the key. You know, Kyrie can do so many different things. You know, Marcus Morris can fade to the basket or cut to the basket Horford can fade up or Baines can fade up Kyrie can attack he can kick the ball out like there's so many different options and that's why that double screen is so important and I'm very interested to see if Brad plays Baines and Horford more and sets up that double screen because good luck getting through a double screen between Horford and Baines while Kyrie has the ball yeah good luck to the NBA on that but man Between Kyrie's 38 on 66% from the field and Marcus Morris, you know, I really think these two are like perfect for each other. Like I, I really do. It's crazy. Like they were meant to play together because I think Kyrie has jacked up his game defensively. And I think Marcus has jacked his game up offensively. It's been a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, One last thing about this Grizzlies game, and then we'll get in the Hawks game, and we'll do a banner banter investigation. Al Horford, he had a guard, Marc Gasol. Marc is a big boy. Marc is a very good basketball player. Not as good as Mike Conley. I love Mike Conley. I hope Mike Conley can make an all-star team before he gets hurt again or retires, because Mike Conley's great. Mike Conley was unbelievable in this game for the Memphis Grizzlies. Really showed why he's one of the best point guards in the NBA, when healthy. But Marcus Hall went 1 of 10 for this game. Al Horford and Aaron Baines did a great job defensively. Horford went 8 of 10 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. He was, he was great, and it actually seems like with Baines coming back, Horford has his legs. He knows that he can put maybe a little bit more effort in because he knows that Tice isn't going to have a 5-minute stint. He knows that Aaron Baines can play 10 minutes, and he can get some good rest, put some ice on those knees, and call it a day. So it is really important that Aaron Baines is back. So much, the Celtics go on the road against the Hawks, second night of a back-to-back, and actually beat the Atlanta Hawks 113-105 after being down more than 15 points. Again, just crap defense. Winning the Hawks, control the game. I understand second night back-to-back on the road, sucking the NBA, but it's the Atlanta Hawks. I understand they have been playing well of late. I think in the last 15 games, they've won eight you know, like eight out of the last 15, which is really good for that team because they sucked the first like three months of the season. But the Celtics just need to stop like putting so much effort into comebacks and like put that effort in from the start of the game to the end of the game. I'm so sick of, you know, like, hey, just get it down to eight before the end of the third quarter. Oh, get it down to four with only three minutes to go. Like, I'm so sick of that. Like, I want to be like, extend this to 13, extend this to 20, step on their throats. That's what I want. But with that being said, Jalen Brown Terry Rogier actually played two reasonable games back to back. not great, but reasonable, and that's all I ask. Just reasonable, consistent games from these guys. It's gonna go a long way now you say, hey, Terry Rogier didn't shoot the ball that well. he was only like two of eleven from like two of nine from the field, sure, but he had eleven rebounds. Terry Rogier led the team in rebounds. That's the type of effort I need. Give it to me, give it to me and he was great. He was the guy that stepped up after Marcus Smart got tossed. We'll get into that in a second. Jalen Brown, like I mentioned earlier, very aggressive, super duper. Marcus Morris, I mean, uh, Marcus Smart, how many times do you think I messed that up? Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris. Anyways, Marcus Smart got tossed out of this game after chatting up with Dembry or Dembry, Anyways, but... Marcus got a tee earlier in the game, which was completely fine, completely reasonable, and it was a jump ball, and Dembry and Marcus Smart were jawing at each other, which is fine. Like, that happens, you know, like Sheldon Mack and Kyrie kind of went into it, but it kind of got more, like, got worse than it did, and that's why Sheldon Mack and Kyrie got Tex in the Memphis Grizzlies game. But all these two guys are doing, we're just yapping at each other. Like, no confrontation at all, no nose-to-nose. I'm Marcus tried to get him going, but there was a rookie referee that gave Marcus Smart his second technical foul. Now, I don't know what was said. I'm guessing Marcus Smart's mom was mentioned, because I feel like you don't mention Marcus Smart's mom, and like, that's not like a mom joke, but you know, we all know how hurt and upset and close Marcus Smart was with his mom, and I'm not trying to make, you know, I'm not trying to start rumors or anything, but I mean, Marcus Smart literally tried to kill Dembry like a whole bunch of the players were trying to stand back push him away and then he got loose and he was close now because he got loose and I ran after a player and attacked him he'll probably get suspended but I guarantee you the second after I post this podcast the NBA is going to announce that Marcus Smart is going to be suspended for two games or suspended for a game like the Heat game which could change the game you know, that means Terry Rogier could start, or Jalen Brown could start, or Gordon Hayward could start, and that could change things up a little bit. So, you know, I just don't want Marcus Smart to get, you know, suspended for three games. Marcus Smart has a history with the league. It's frustrating to watch Marcus Smart, like, get this angry, but that's the type of player that he is, those type of risks that you take. Obviously, I don't think it was really needed, but it did fire up the team, and it fired up the team so much that... They went on two crazy runs after this. They went on a fourteen to two run, fourteen to five run. Their defensive intensity picked up in the second quarter. Like Jason Tatum got a steal like by just pickpocketing someone. Like Jason Tatum doesn't do doesn't play defense like that. It fired up the whole team. I feel like it was a veteran move by Marcus Smart. It just went way too far. He should have never attacked the player. And Jason Tatum, you know, <laughs> he played good defense against the Hawks, and he also played good defense holding back Marcus Smart because he was the first guy to touch Marcus Smart after he like ran after Denbury so very interesting to see what the league does with him but Marcus Smart is so important to this team so important to the intensity so important to the effort we've said it time and time before so for him to do that I get it but it's just not needed but obviously it did fire the team up and it did help them and I'm glad that they were able to pull out the win and Tatum came back you know especially late in that game and played very well, shot the ball pretty well. I mean, he didn't take over like Kyrie did 11 and 19 from the field, 32 points. Again, another 30 point game. Absolutely crazy. Not like what James Harden's doing, but absolutely just crazy that Kyrie can just score what 30 points in three straight games. Hopefully he can do that again uh, against the heat tonight. Obviously, hopefully we don't need a big effort from Kyrie against the Cavs and he can just go absolutely bananas against the Warriors. But yeah, That's that. So that's the recap of the last four Celtics games. We previewed the upcoming week. We did sudden dud of the week. So that means we got one thing left to do. We now interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special banner banter investigation. Celtics unit report. Okay, this week's Banner Banter Investigation is kind of a selfish one. It's based on my birthday. My birthday was last week. I turned 34. It's my Paul Pierce year. So I wanted to look up some of his teammates from his first year as a member of the Boston Celtics. So, some that stick out to you. Andrew Declerc already did a Banner Banter Investigation about him. Vitaly Vitopico already did a Banner Banter Investigation about him. Antoine Walker. I feel like when the Times right, we'll do one about Antoine Walker. But... Paul Pierce, wow, I said Paul so loud there. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, But anyways, Paul Pierce's first season was the NBA strike season, which, you know, why Tatum, people argued, had a better year than Paul Pierce. But, you know, Paul Pierce only played half the amount of games. But no one played more minutes on that team in that season than Ron Mercer. So Ron Mercer is this week's Banner Banter Investigation. He played in the NBA from 1997 to 2005. He only played two seasons with the Boston Celtics. He played 121 games, and he actually started 102 of those, so that's very impressive. He averaged 16 points, three boards, had one of the nicest mid-range jump shots you'll ever see. He shot like 45% from mid-range while he was playing for the Celtics, but he only shot 13% from three in two seasons, 13%. That means if he were to take 100 three-pointers, he only made 13 of them. That's terrible. Piss poor. But it's so crazy how much the game has changed. But We won't get into that. Anyways, he also played for the Bulls, the Pacers, the Spurs, the Nuggets, the Magic, and the Nets. He went all all around the NBA. But this is how he became a member of the Boston Celtics. In 1996, he was traded from... So, hold on, let me kind of start that over. The Celtics traded Eric Montross in a first-round pick to the Mavs for their future 1996 first-round pick, which turned into Antoine Walker, and their future 1997 first-round pick, which turned into Ron Mercer. So the Celtics in this draft had the number three pick and the number six pick in the 1997 draft. They took Chauncey Billups overall at number three, obviously because Rick Pitino sucks and ruined the Celtics for a long period of time. He traded away Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups went on and became Mr. Big Shot, won a couple NBA championships with the Detroit Pistons, but whatever, we're still not butthurt about that. Anyways, okay, one of the reasons why a lot of people think that Ron Mercer was selected so high, a lot of people didn't think he was a top 10 pick, was because his former coach was Rick Pitino. Ron Mercer played at Kentucky. He played on arguably one of the best Kentucky teams of all time. They won the national championship in 1996. Ron Mercer was the SEC player of the year. First team All-American. Absolutely crazy. And it's even crazy to think about that he went to Kentucky because he was Mr. Basketball of Tennessee for back-to-back years. So why not just go to the University of Tennessee and become like a god? But whatever. He won a national championship at the University of Kentucky. And then it was so crazy because so many people were just like, yeah, oh yeah, the only reason why he was picked was because of Rick Pitino. And literally two years later in 1999, in August, like before his third season with the Celtics were to start, he was traded with Popeye Jones and Dwayne Schisnitz, Or shit, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Some guy named Dwayne. To the Nuggets for Danny Fortson, Eric Washington, Eric Williams, and a 2001 draft pick, which turned into Kedrick Brown, which we've done a Banner Banter investigation on. And we also did a Banner 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 Banter investigation on Eric Williams, too. I think that was one of the first ones that we did. The second one that we did, actually, now that I look at it. So yeah, Kedrick Brown, Eric Williams, Danny Fortson, Eric Washington, all traded for Ron Mercer, Dwayne Scherzer, and Popeye Jones. Currently... Ron Mercer just plays a lot of golf and smokes a lot of a, a lot of cigars, from what I saw and what I could look up. Nothing really crazy. And you can find him on the Twitter machine at Ron. I'm sorry, R Mercer 33. So yeah, that's it for this week's episode of the Banner Bancher podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to tell uh, a friend, a coworker, a peer, uh, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a significant other, wh- whoever you want to spread the word to. Just let them know. Hey, great podcast. 45 minutes. Just about the Celtics. One voice, which I know is annoying, but get over it. Anyways, find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18. Facebook, Instagram, at BannerBanterPodcast. If you don't like your current podcast application, find another one. I guarantee the Banner Banter podcast is on there. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Next week, the Celtics have four games. They got the Nets. The Hornets, the Knicks, and the Thunder on Super Bowl Sunday. Congratulations to the New England Patriots for going to their ninth, ninth Super Bowl since 2001 or 2000. Either way, absolutely bananas. Us Boston's fans are so spoiled. Have a good week, everyone. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans boston i did my very best to please each and every one of you good night